tuning into Small Big Wings, a window to the world of young, ambitious problem solvers. They are makers, designers, builders, hackers, scientists who heard their inner voice and amplified it. To learn more about our guest and to view the highlights of this episode, head on over to fbw.hvj.coach. Our guest today is Kunal Sikchi. Kunal is the man behind Matrix Fine Sciences, which is the only company in India to manufacture natural vitamin E and phytosterols. He has a strong research and development mindset, and that led to the commercial success of this very difficult technology from a pilot scale. In the last six years, he has grown the capacity by a whopping 18 times and his business turnover by 50 times from a mere 2 crore rupees to 100 crores today. 75% of what is produced is exported and his customers include Kellogg's, Natural Factors, Himalaya and Marico. Kunal comes from a family which has chemistry running in its veins, his uncle's father, brother and him. In spite of established family businesses, Kunal chose to build his own road with green and clean chemistry. He was a topper in all four years of chemical engineering and twice the recipient of Sir Ratan Tata scholarship. Please welcome Kunal to the Small Big Wins podcast. Welcome Kunal. Thank you so much Harsh. Kunal, all podcasts have special flavors. Mm. But this is especially special because it is from my city. It is from Aurangabad. <laughs> and you are the first one in Aurangabad who I have the privilege to get on the Small Big Wins podcast. Absolutely. It's likewise, the pleasure is mine. So let me start off by asking you, what is the genesis behind so much chemistry in the family? It happens with doctors all the time, but never seen it with chemical engineers. It actually started off by Dr. R.J. Rathi, who is the founder of Sudarshan Chemicals. And he is brother of my grandmother. That's how chemistry started within the family. Mm -hmm. So we were a family of traders and, you know, trading companies. Okay. But he started getting chemistry within the family. My grandfather with, of course, my uncles and my father, they started a company. And then my brother founded a chemical company and then me starting over. Excellent. What I have seen in chemistry is regular chemistry. Hmm. What is green chemistry? What is clean chemistry? So I can tell you with the world changing in environmental norms coming in. And of course, uh, there are companies who are looking at changing the technology, making it closer to nature. Okay making it greener so that you have lesser effluent loads uh, coming out of the plant. This also means that you can make sure that your processes are more optimized or processes are more efficient. Okay, And that's been the focus behind starting up, whether it is uh, Vitamin E at Matrix or at Siddharth's uh, company as well. So the focus is on, on technology and uh, making the processes more efficient. So does this also some way relate to, particularly the green and clean part, relate to your focus on using byproducts of different industries for creating niche products? So honestly, I've always been fascinated by creating value out of some of the byproducts. So it started off me looking at several industries, several byproducts. And uh, before we started Vitamini, we looked at a different byproduct. And the, the value addition was in Middle East. Okay. But for some reason, in early 2011-12, there were revolution in Middle East and we could not hit off in that road. We started with a product in which I realized that India currently is not using it, number one, or is exporting it to China. And there wasn't the plant or facility which was doing it here. Okay. You realized that India is not using the waste. The, the waste byproduct. Product. The byproduct. And uh, I realized that this byproduct was being used in some other country and where the value was created out of it. Honestly, even there were a lot of byproducts of what, what we buy today as our raw materials was mixed with some other byproduct because it is just about 0.1% of edible oil refineries. Okay, So that kind of gave me an idea that why not focus on it or create a technology which can create value out of this. So you are saying that the raw material which you use is a byproduct from refined oil companies. Yes. So and that is just 0.1%. That's it. So it's just about 0.1% of edible oil refining. 
of course edible oil refining is huge right. so even this 0.1% of edible oil refining makes a huge decent quantum in itself but it's the it's a byproduct of edible oil refineries yes and it is called it is called fatty acid distillates for that you take this byproduct and you prepare vitamini out of it yes yes so vitamini is one of the products right okay, uh, which is of course valuable then you have phytosterols mm. and much later on we realize that there is a product called squalene Uh, which is also there in the same product coming in from natural sources you can deep dive into the product and you can keep looking at different products which can come out of it so i can tell you it's been about 7 years we've been working on this and every time we just feel that there's something new which is coming out of it so there's a lot of newness when you keep on relooking at the same chemistry uh, time and again understand when was the first time that your focus went towards byproducts So it was starting 2012-13. Okay. Uh, I kept looking at more than byproducts. There should be an entry barrier in whatever I'm trying to do. So I've tried my hands at several different products. Okay. But for some reason I couldn't commercialize them. Okay. Uh, some were ahead of its time. Some which weren't accepted in terms of the technology which we tried to create. And once I moved to the food side of it, I realized that why not look for raw materials which are exported. So why don't we create a substitute for that? So byproduct, entry barrier, and something which is not being produced in India. Of course, yes, yes. yes. So all three of them combined together. Uh, Excellent. So is it right to say that you are the first Indian company to manufacture natural vitamin E or tocopherols and phytosterol? Yes. So we are first company in India which is commercially producing it, and we've been lucky enough to. expand our capacity again because of technology we've been able to expand it to this scale today so can you explain this to us little in a macro sense where else is natural vitamin e produced in the world why india was not producing it and why according to you so far you are the only successful one there are about a few companies in in north america there are about four companies in china and there is one company in japan so you can say there are about less than 10 companies in world which are producing natural vitamin e that's it that's about it that's about it it always struck me that why nobody in india has been able to do this and even before i started manufacturing natural vitamin e i started looking at companies who would have tried doing this so i realized it is not a eureka moment for me wherein i come across and i realize that i need to manufacture vitamin e i'm sure there would have been other companies who have who've managed to do something like true this. and there are people who have worked on this technology for some reason when you worked on the technology on the lab scale and when you take it to the plant scale it has not converted for companies and in fact i met one of the founders of a company who uses a different form of byproduct from edible oil he really appreciated us taking a different byproduct and scaling it up right i think it was the conviction what we have over a period of time a lot has to also do with the kind of people i got associated with mm mm-hmm. and i also mentioned this is why we called the company matrix because it was not like a single person effort I mean, there were a lot of people who came on board together and we realized that let's work on technology until today we continue to work on technology and make it more fine tuned or trying to make it more world class so to say how is vitamin e or how is phytosterols useful i think vitamin e is one product wherein anybody and everybody uh, knows that vitamin e is very good for uh, you know skin applications okay Vitamin E has a very wide application. It is used in food. It is used in pharma. Uh, it is used in nutraceutical. It's used in feed for animal feed. It is used in personal care and cosmetics. So vitamin E is the only form of vitamin E wherein the natural is more bioavailable than the synthetic vitamin E. So uh, when I say more bioavailable, it means that our body can absorb 100% of natural vitamin E, whereas the synthetic cannot be absorbed. 100%. So that's a difference between these two. I believe the synthetic is only one eighth absorption. Exactly. So this is a huge. So it's 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 a it's a huge difference, and it it is used as an antioxidant. So whether it is in body or it is in formulation or a product, it is used as an antioxidant. So it is similar to how you would paint a, a surface so that it is protected. It exactly does the same thing. Vitamin E has a free radical mechanism, uh, so to say. So it sheds itself first. And uh, what exactly are nutraceuticals? So nutraceutical is 
a fairly newer as you would say uh, a line of business okay this is somewhere wherein you are not doing a purely synthetic pharmaceutical product okay right. so it comes with you know advantage wherein you are using nutraceutical as a preventive measure okay so you would go to a pharma or a pharmacy to buy something wherein you know that you've been affected by something and you would take a prescribed medicine uh, from a doctor nutraceuticals are more otc that is the reason it has huge market in north america and europe wherein i have come across people who've been who've been taking vitamin e since they were in their early 20s Uh-huh. and until they are 60s or 70s or even 80s and along vitamin e they also use a lot of other nutraceutical product so it's a more long term impact uh, so that's a basic difference between a nutraceutical company and a pharmaceutical company understand and and vitamin e is something which has to be used directly or it should be used by fortifying with something else today vitamin e has different derivatives vitamin e comes in four different forms it's alpha beta gamma and delta the alpha tocopherol is something which our body recognizes so it is used more in soft gel capsules where you want to make multivitamin capsules there you use a powder form of vitamins okay and the other forms of vitamin are more as an antioxidant so they are used in formulation an edible oil company would use this Okay. to fortify or to to have add an antioxidant to their formulation same is with the cosmetic companies they would add mixed tocopherol so that it can save their formulation or formulation can have a longer shelf life or a stability something i i saw that you supply to kellogg's yeah they use it as an to fortify the cornflakes and stuff yes so they also so there are two benefits uh, since they buy a mixed tocopherol mm. the alpha tocopherol fortifies it with vitamin e right and the other forms of vitamin e will act as an antioxidant to their formulation it's interesting kunal one of the things i learned researching about you and your products is the story of d and dl exactly <laughs> yes yes and and i understood that when the prefix is d it is natural. a natural vitamin e and when the prefix is dl it is synthetic, synthetic. vitamin e and and that's something which i think the common man never recognizes and even if someone would know about vitamin e he would just look at vitamin e and go ahead yes without looking at the d or dl dl so in fact now a lot of companies a lot of indian companies who buy natural vitamin e from us mm. they would specifically write that it is fortified with natural vitamin e so there are soap companies and very right. large soap companies uh, right. which buy natural vitamin e or cosmetic companies they would write it as natural vitamin e or they would just try tocopherol mm. uh, which which would then specify that the product is a natural mm. origin so did things change for them once this product was available for them in india of course so there were a lot of companies who were importing it mm. uh, earlier to matrix manufacturing so of course there was a huge difference in cost while we were marketing the product we are not really competing just with the natural vitamin e manufacturers we are targeting the synthetic market so then the market size becomes very large for you Okay. Correct. And then we've started uh, telling customers that how you could shift from a natural, from a synthetic antioxidant to a natural antioxidant. Okay. True. So that has really helped us. And of course, if the cost benefit is there, if the product availability is there in India, right, it just gives you a fairly good advantage. This, I think, is particularly prideful for me and a lot of people from Aurangabad because this product is being done in Aurangabad. this product is not there in india it wasn't there in india it is being manufactured now and it is being manufactured in aurangabad so very proudly we can talk about it that this is a made in aurangabad not only a made in india but it is globally difficult product to produce as such is being successfully manufactured in aurangabad so a lot of times when i have foreign auditors or foreign customers and there is one question they keep on asking us that why did you select aurangabad and because i realized i've studied in bombay uh, coming back to your hometown is a different pleasure altogether and uh, i think a smaller city is it gives you a lot of opportunities in terms of everything and that is where matrix decided that okay let's just set up a facility here and of course pattern again is not well known in aurangabad very right so that has just helped us to be aloof yeah. from what is happening elsewhere and try to create our own technology but talking about that how have your experience been in aurangabad in terms of talent in terms of people i come from the manufacturing background true and i had a great stint 
I never had an issue with talent or issue with putting resources together to do a great job over here. But many people outside feel that. What is your experience? See, I think I've always mentioned that we are blessed to have very good talent when you do a manufacturing. And especially we are about 40 kilometers from the main city. We are not in an industrial park, which is very popular. Despite that, I think the kind of talent we've been able to have and in all respects, whether it is manufacturing, whether it is R&D, marketing or, or even at senior levels, I've been very fortunate and I've, I've realized if your intentions are right, if you're trying to create a good company with a good culture, I think you attract talent. That's what we've done always. And I've never had any complaints. There have been times wherein people have suggested, why don't you have a corporate office in Pune or why don't you have a corporate office in Bombay? Honestly, we've never had the necessity to do that because we've been able to manage everything, not just from Aurangabad. I operate out of Pet. You know, we don't have a city office as well. True. And in fact, the thought of having a city office, my people came back and they told me that they enjoy working from the manufacturing facility because that's where the pulse is. So honestly, we've never had yeah. any issues. Yeah, no, definitely. I think it makes sense what you say and a lot of it, a lot about culture building has to stem directly from the leadership and what the leadership is trying to do. What is their long-term goal with the business? Tell us a little about phytosterols. Again, very unique. Uh, phytosterol is used in cholesterol reducing it's, it's a natural product which uh, reduces cholesterol. Very popular again in Europe, in US. Uh, you will find margarines, yogurt, having cholesterol in it as an ingredient. It's started to pick up in India now. Uh, it has been uh, listed as a novel ingredient in FSSAI in 2015-16. And now there are companies who are trying to use phytosterol and claim it as a cholesterol reducing agent. And it is again... In the nutraceutical category. Again in the nutraceutical category. And phytosterol also is a precursor for a lot of steroids and hormones. So oh, okay. today we export phytosterol to China. That's where the majority of the steroids and hormones is manufactured. And then it is again being imported into India. So you are exporting phytosterol to China? Yes. This is, this is a good story. I know there is a company called Grindmaster in Aurangabad. Oh, yeah. Owned by yeah. the Kelkars. They also export to China. Oh, and and okay. that is a huge achievement and I see you as the second one over here exporting to China. Great job. But when you take fatty acid distillate, okay. vitamin E, the first thing, the first derivative which comes out and then it goes to the phytosterol? No. So when we take these fatty acid distillates, we convert anything and everything which we don't want from it to biodiesel. When I say we work on green technology, say from a 100% basis, Almost 75-80% is, is biodiesel which comes out of the process. So that comes out first, which then of course concentrates rest of this. And then you have different processes and at different levels wherein you get vitamin E, you get phytosterols and then you have to further purify them to get it to more concentrated levels. Understand. So does that mean Kunal that you are also the largest producer of biodiesel in the country? We were a very small manufacturer, but I can now tell with the kind of capacities we have installed, yes. we've become a sizable player in biodiesel. Mm -hmm. uh, difference between our biodiesel and the biodiesel which is manufactured today is most of the current biodiesel is either from palm or animal fat, which viscosity increases in winters. But our biodiesel comes from soy and sunflower, which doesn't have that issue. So this is a fuel which runs 12 months. And today we are focusing it and we are selling it under the brand name of Sun Diesel. Okay. Yeah. And who are your buyers for that? So there are transport companies, there are large okay. cement companies, okay. anybody and everybody who would want to see away from fossil derived diesel True. And, and they understand the usability of biodiesel are... What kind of volume of biodiesel do you see coming out of this plant in the next 12 months? So I expect to produce in, in next 12 months about 15 lakh liters of biodiesel per month. Per month? Per month. Yes. That's a very yes. sizable quantity for biodiesel. Yes. yes. Fantastic. Tell us what in your growing up do you strongly link to where you are today? See, of course, growing up, we've seen chemical industry. But our chemical industry was more a, a subsidiary of a very large company. And that has its own pluses and minuses. Okay. Because the pluses is, of course, with the kind of support systems you have. But the minuses are that you never try to overshadow it. But because for you, that's the 
epicenter of everything okay so looking back of course i joined my family business before i started on my own and i think that was the time when i saw my brother trying to create something which is very out of the box and that led me to where i am so i may not term it growing up i may term once once i started doing my family business i realized that probably starting something on your own is way more easier than trying to create your space within an organization talking about you and having heard about your brother siddharth yeah i feel that there is a lot of original and independent thinking so how did that get promoted to a large extent in the family i'll i'll tell you very crudely when i joined my engineering and my father came to see me off he never came to the college and he said see my purpose was only to get you here now you're on your own it was very crude back then i thought are he's not even bothered about what i'm trying to do but he kept telling us the same thing that you have to do anything on your own i'm not there to support you uh, don't believe that this family business will support you and i think that kept on echoing in my mind every time i tried to do something that i have to build my own self so it was crude back then but if i look back uh, i thought that was a trigger point of not having a comfort zone or not having plan a ready that once you finish your education there is a family business which will open up the arms to it i thought probably that is something which helped us realize that let's move out and try to create your own world so most likely he had some kind of a vision <laughs> i would want to believe that <laughs> right right so in 2014 correct you started matrix science sciences the okay. journey started then yes capacity 100 tons yes today 2020 we are 6 years Yes. capacity has grown by 18 times right your turnover has grown by 50 times true and that turnover is not reflecting all this 18 times capacity increase yet no it's just the six times capacity which we increased correct we've just commissioned a month back right. i mean you know we are in the state of commissioning right now and we expect that this should uh, further build the uh, sales growth in next few years time can you share with us that in this journey particularly over the last 6 years or maybe couple behind that also what have been the travels and triumphs a lot of it one thing which i've learned is over last 5 years is try to create a technology which is niche try to create a world class site because if you have a good technology if the site is presentable if if your site is auditable there are customers who are willing to buy from you having very good people on board i think more than having good customers or suppliers i think you have if you have a good team uh, they take care of the rest of it so i've always looked at hiring the right people at the right position and uh, i think we've been lucky enough to have such people on board who who take complete ownership of things whether it is r&d whether it is new products even people down the line we've had almost very low attrition we have people who feel this is their own company and that is how they end up working so that's been the triumph for us in in last 5 years we've had our lows as well when we actually started matrix we wanted to scale up the technology we hit a dead end i scaled up the technology at lab scale did not really invest in pilot because i did not have the money back then and we straight went to the plant scale and we realized that the technology was not working well for us yeah and uh, we hit a deadline to the end i was almost about to sell this facility off really yes so i was about to sell this off i called my uncle who is uh, a mentor a father figure my maternal uncle and i called him and i said of course i was in tears and i told him that i am not able to manage all this and he said we've had similar problem stick around sometimes giving up too early could be an issue so just stick around for another two quarters and i'm sure something will work out and uh, i think that advice and that led me to relook at the whole strategy again that was the call for resilience basically so what happened that you were then able to persist and turn it around because i think that was a really a very low ebb absolutely i've i've always told people that our banks or our financial system will only support you when you are strong enough to support yourself yeah, that's a good one yeah. our systems are not such which will support startups so i was jokingly telling somebody the other day that when i started off my interest was 18% today i am at 8% interest rates so that is when you want the lowest today you can still absorb slightly higher mm. but that's the irony of the fact 
Yes. That yeah. and forget about the financial system, the overall support systems for startup, even within the family. And I come from a Marwadi family, where the first thing people would ask is uh, your numbers, mm. okay? And probably uh, the kind of creativity at work or kind of technology is just takes a backseat. So I think there are a lot of things which are pulling you back. And I had a mentor who really helped us with the vitamin E business. And he told me that you start focusing on numbers way too early. Focus on technology. Focus on creating the right product. Don't focus on numbers at the first call. I think those were few things which I still take it with me that and that's the reason numbers now don't bother us to that extent that the technology or the plant really helps us, you know, to focus on. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting the way you describe this. I often talk to people and I tell them that to get to the tangible, work on the intangible. And, and it's something similar which you talk about in terms of putting the culture together, putting the people together. Very important. Kunal, I see that you have created your own brand. And it's very innovatively called Natural E with a E yeah. you know, to focus on the vitamin E. Correct. So whatever you sell, it goes out in your brand? Yes. The reason we, we decided to have a brand name is because uh, India has a unique advantage that our soy is non-GM. It's non-genetically modified. Our government doesn't allow a genetically modified soya bean to be produced in India. Right. By that virtue, our entire... Uh, supply chain of soybean oil is a non-GM. So the byproducts are non-GM. So we have a unique advantage and we have certifications which are global certifications which help us attribute our, our entire facility to be a non-GM facility. And when we sell this uh, to other parts of the world, they use our brand name. So they don't just add natural vitamin E to it. They say that our vitamin E is powered by naturally which is manufactured by Matrix Fine Sciences. So this brand name really helps. We have Phytolite for phytosterols. Light indicates uh, lowering of cholesterol. And our biodiesel is termed as sun diesel. All whatever you sell out from this factory is going under your brand name. Yes, yes. Sun diesel, Phytolite and naturally. It's again, I think, a distinction because you are producing a unique product and you are creating a brand. True. In natural product, that's what really helps you. So you're not just selling a component or a chemical mixture or a product, uh, so to say. When when companies do add your brand name to their packaging, yes, uh, you see a very long-term sustainable business. You're partnering with them for a very long time. What can you talk to us about circularity? In the sense that, you know, you are taking waste from the edible oil refineries. And from that waste, you are deriving something very useful and very valuable. Right. So, isn't this something unique, the way the whole thing has been designed by existence? I think we find ourselves fortunate to have created something like this in India. Like I said, the value was being created outside India for this specific product. One, not just we have added value, we have almost taken up the imports down to about 70% for natural vitamin E. So all the natural vitamin E which was coming in India from say China or any other country, we now have almost 70% of India's market share for natural vitamin E. And that has actually opened up our mind that this is just one technology or one product we are working on. Right. There could be several of these products which you can work on and try to create value out of it. Yeah. So now that is our current mindset that let's work on creating value out of agricultural produce, out of other byproducts, out of other industries. So that's something which you're working on. You, know, you, may, you may find it loud for me to say this, but I would strongly recommend you to go for the National Entrepreneurship Award. Ah, you must apply for that, <laughs> Kunal. I think it's, it's far too much. I'm on your podcast, that's enough for me. <laughs> oh, no, no. I'm a beginner. <laughs> Tell us a little about phytosterol. What is the constitution of phytosterol? Actually, phytosterol, we, we manufacture in two forms. Uh, one is a powder form of phytosterol. So this product goes in pastas. This product goes in directly in food products. Right. Okay, where they add in very small quantities okay. uh, for reduction of bad cholesterols. The LDL. The LDL. And uh, we also make an ester of this. So this phytosterol ester is an oil-soluble form, mm. which then blends with margarine, which blends even with edible oil, mm -hmm. 
in reducing of cholesterol, the bad cholesterol. So also have four different ingredients. So it has beta-cetosterol, it has campasterol. So there are other forms of phytosterol which forms a part of phytosterols. Mm -hmm. And these then help in reducing the bad cholesterol from your body. It could be reduced to about 40% by consuming right quantities of phytosterol oh. over a period of time. Is that right? Yes. When you started out, was it like this that the top of the agenda for you was natural vitamin E? And were phytosterol and biodiesel more of surprises for you? Or? Uh, of course, vitamin E was the bread and butter when we started out. We were not even producing good qualities of phytosterol. We were selling it as a byproduct to China again. Achha. So when we started off, phytosterol was of course never the focus. And because, like I said, the technology for vitamin E couldn't stand out on its own, there was no chances for us to focus on other products within the same stream. As we evolved, we realized that just making vitamin E won't help. And then we focused on phytosterols. And today we are approaching giants in Europe, giants in Australia, to qualify our phytosterols in their margarine applications, in their yogurt applications and so on. Again, biodiesel was a back burner because when we were doing 100 tons, we had what, about 70,000 liters per month? It's a very less quantity of biodiesel. But as this started increasing, we thought, why not create a brand for ourselves? So now uh, we are approved with Indian Railways. And so there are just about two companies which are approved with Indian Railways. Okay. Nobody on the West Coast. So they never did release a tender on the West Coast because there was nobody to deliver them a biodiesel. Wow. So when we realize now we have, and so even if a small contribution with the, with the kind of diesel consumption it has, you are trying to create biodiesel out of a byproduct of an industry and so it's it of course gives you that green factor coming into a business like this yeah you had a family business you did a little bit with them in your initial years you moved out you started your road you built things you were almost at a dead end you were in tears you wanted to give it up then you came back again persisted what is the learning? What is it that you want to share to people who face a dead end? I think if your intentions are right, you you have enough hard work mm -hmm. to be given. Mm -hmm. And of course, you have a vision on paper. I remember this very fondly that when there were about five, five of us uh, when we started Matrix in 2014-15. And I said, let's make a goal for the company. You know, this was more for the... Uh, you know, certifications you do when, when they ask you about your vision and they ask you about the mission. I said, let's do a goal for the company. Of course, everybody says, we want to do something good. I said, let's put a number to this good because it's a very subjective term. Wherein when, when you say, I want to do good in life, that good may be very good for somebody or it may not be good for somebody. So we just put a number of 100 crores 2020. Both were like rounding off. <laughs> and I said, let's make a 100 crore company by 2020. I remember people smiling, laughing. You know, 100 crores back then for a startup with no product is a big number. But we kept a goal and, and we kept on reminding ourselves. So every time we had a defeat or when we were having a setback, we kept on reminding ourselves that we want to achieve this goal. And honestly, we moved from a 2 crore sales to 10, to 30 crore sales, to 50, to 70, and to 100 crores in 2020. I think having numbers on paper does really help you. Sometimes we end up talking about everything. And I've always been very fond of writing things down. So I give at least a couple of hours per week to myself to write down where I'm heading, to give a SWOT analysis of that time to continue to work on weaknesses, to continue to work on the threats. And writing things down kept on giving me a perspective about things. Generally, we know everything at the back of our mind. And, and we feel, right. since I know it, why do I need to write it down? And my friends know this very well, that Sundays uh, in the afternoon, I, I sit at a cafe shop for at least an hour, hour and a half, couple of hours sometimes. And the only thing, I will not work on anything which is day to day. Those two hours are for myself, for me to give an eagle's view of my company, uh, about my own self. And a lot of the technologies which you see here are fruits of what I was sitting there all alone and people find it crazy. What is there with every Sunday, uh, you know, sitting at a coffee shop 
all by yourself and with a book and scribbling notes i think that is really helpful you should write down things on paper so when you again relook at them you have a different perspective of looking at it so that's been the thing for those two weekly hour for coaching hours for you <laughs> exactly i wanted to go for a coaching and they said people don't give themselves time Yeah. and how many of you give yourself time how many of you go out of work and i was only one raising my hand and i said i give 2 hours to myself every week only in evaluating where i am i wouldn't touch anything which is mundane or which is which i'm supposed to do on day to day basis those 2 hours are completely so i will write down new technologies i'll read some new journal about work on other natural product other nutraceutical companies which are coming by and i think that has really helped me shape the vision for the company. So this weekly me time was maintained by you even during those tough times. Always, I remember sitting at a coffee shop since 2014. And now even my family is aware that these two hours it's his time, so nobody calls me. And and it's been there. So if I am in Aurangabad on Sunday in afternoon, I'll if if anybody has to find me, they know that there's a coffee shop. He would yes. he would be found at. You you must share that coffee shop's name with me separately <laughs> because as long as I can sell it out for a premium, I'll keep doing it. <laughs> <laughs> you also mentioned about Siddharth, your elder brother, True. and how he has been a role model to you. So how big has his thinking, has his influence been on you, and in what ways? If I may not exaggerate it, but I think uh, we are a product of his vision. I mean, you know, honestly, because he got that vision in the family. If it's a large joint uh, family, somebody has to set up the vision for the family, and he set it up for us. Uh, he raised the bar for everybody to think that there could be life beyond what we think it is. And so, although he's not involved on day-to-day basis, but we talk almost every day. Right. And we would discuss on work. on his learnings on my learnings how his journey has been and and he's always been ahead of times in all respect okay so there's so much to look forward to so there's there's a lot of healthy competition within the family also and i think that drives you to push yourself to a next limit because if you have somebody within the family to look up to there's so much more to give back to the work and and his zest at 500 crore levels when i see i feel we have just started we're just getting started right now coming to a little bit of stuff about vitamin e at the global level what is the share between natural and uh, synthetic vitamin e natural vitamin e is just about 5% of overall vitamin e market okay so uh, to give you a number natural vitamin e is about 5000 tons per year of consumption but the synthetic vitamin e is in upwards of 100000 tons per annum so that means you have a huge market so this this huge market but of course the raw material is limited okay because we are dependent on a raw material which is by product of an industry there is no going backward integration you can only try to create more value out of the existing vitamin e which you end up doing so if the global levels are at 5000 tons you have created a sizable capacity in india in absolute numbers we would by middle of next year we should have about 20% of global market share for natural vitamin we should be about third largest in world hmm. for natural vitamin enviable and what is your vision we want to now continue to work on technologies uh, which are absolute niche so we have started to look at products which can start from agriculture so we have started leasing out lands wherein we are uh, planting our own herbs and doing extraction of it it started with 30 acres this year we want to do about close to 1000 acres in next 3 years time so that's one vision again when in 2018 19 when i realized that we could reach a 100 crore sales by 2020 i said it's now time for us to decide on the next milestone so we kept a milestone that by 24 25 we should see a 500 crore company and we should see a healthy bottom line for ourselves and now we have started to break that down into businesses so we realized that how much vitamin e would contribute how much could other businesses uh, contribute so again having a number in front of you has helped us evaluate where we want to go so once we kept a five year vision and at this time there were about 30 of us which came on board and we sat down and to write a vision for the company and we decided that let's now create a 500 crore company 
by 2425. If you can talk to us a little more about the herbs, what are you trying to do there? Is it because whatever you have done, I have all conviction to say that this is something which is probably not happening in India so far. We are trying to grow a herb called rosemary, which is very native to Morocco and Spain. So Mediterranean. Uh, there's a very small amount of these herbs which is grown in in the southern part of India, but it's not very commercial. It's just done in a very crude manner. We have created a nursery for ourselves. We will transplant them to fields. We will get the product in the facility. We will create another antioxidant from this facility okay and the kind of technology at least in lab scale what we have worked on the product is very different from what it is available in the market today and this product has a synergistic effect with our natural vitamin e. oh all right uh, so most of the companies who would buy natural vitamin e just to add to the antioxidant levels of it they would synergize it with one of the extracts of rosemary so that was a good growth canvas for us. One of the easiest ways for us was to import these rosemary leaves from Morocco. Right. And then do the extraction in India. And we realized then again, what is the kind of entry barrier which we are trying to create? Uh, if I'm trying to do this, anybody else can do that as well. So we decided, let's grow this ourselves. And of course, when this idea came in 2018, uh, a lot of people suggested otherwise. They said, this is not the kind of whether this plant can sustain or this is not where it can grow. We thought there's no harm trying. And of course, a uh, lot of iterations again, a lot of working on it. To today, we have a fields of about 10 acres. Uh, as we are talking right now, there's another 30 acres which is being planted. Okay. By end of this year, we will take this to 100 acres. Mm -hmm. And hopefully next few years, we want to scale this to over 500 acres of uh, rosemary farming. And then this will be used captively by you. Absolutely. So 100% of these rosemary leaves will be used captively. We will produce two main products out of it. So one product is called carnosic acid. This is an antioxidant, uh, the way tocopherol acts, carnosic acid acts. And the other product is called ursolic acid. And this goes in uh, weight reduction. Again, very popular in nutraceutical products. So again, it will have two products which will be used and the entire biomass will be made into pellets and it has a calorific value which is exceeding coal's calorific value and which will be used in boilers uh, or even our own boiler. Okay. So it has a very similar way of, of creating the way we have done vitamin E with biodiesel and two main products. Absolutely. It will have the same soul as well. Yeah. It's talking to you of course you know this is great innovation but also how beautiful things can be environmentally. How beautifully the loop gets closed. Absolutely. And Again, this is just one product in farming. Yeah. My team has come back with 10 other herbs uh, which are either not done commercially in India mm. or are being done in a very small scale. Mm. There is no end-to-end -end connection to it. And this, this idea of getting to farming. So I have a friend uh, who owns about 65 acres of farm very close by. And he kept on telling me that there is a major disconnect between agriculture and the, the way their pricing goes. So uh, even if they produce something, they are not sure of at what price it will be sold at. So I thought it's such a big sector which is untapped. So you look at the current GDP numbers, agriculture is the only sector which is positive. I agree and, and it is something where the customer is always gonna be there. Exactly the point. We've got on ourselves on board very good farmers. And, and they have a lot of willingness uh, to work on something new. Their ideas are absolutely unique. It's just about how you end up tapping them. So we've been able to be successful so far. Uh, we are hoping that the way we have created vitamin E business, we should also be able to grow the rosemary business. Do you see initially positive signs from rosemary? Yes, the content in our leaves is very good. We've been able to get the fin final product. The plant is coming up. Huge farms of rosemary are being planted. We have almost an acre size of nursery already in place. So we've invested enough resources in this technology and we want to now see it going through. And what is the genesis of this idea? I know you talked about the entry barrier, but how did rosemary pop up? Somebody had written about Matrix in a nutraceutical magazine. Okay. And they mentioned that it's a one product wonder company. Uh, they precisely mentioned that this company will never be able to grow beyond 
natural vitamin E. And that really hit me hard, like almost gave me a sleepless night for two days because I realized at 31 and if there is no other product if I could do, you know, what will I do apart from natural vitamin E? Then I got my R&D team on board and we kept discussing on various ideas, various products, uh, different line of products. We still are trying about 20 different products in R&D. Okay. We realized since we are an antioxidant, let's look at which is the other natural antioxidant. But of course there was a barrier of farming. So we have traveled to forests where there are farms of rosemary. We have tried to see what is in it that what they are doing, what we are doing. Starting with nursery has been a different pleasure altogether. And like I said, and what our name represents, a lot of people came on board. Somebody took up farming, somebody who was not very acquainted with nursery took up nursery. One small idea at nursery, in the first nursery, we planted about 3000 small saplings. And my colleague suggested, let's do about 10 or 20 with the way he wanted to try. He tried his own small nursery with 10 saplings and there are 3000 other saplings. Believe me, at the end of 40 days, our entire 3000 saplings did not survive. Only those 10 saplings survived, which he did according to his understanding. And today we follow that for close to 3 lakh saplings, which are now coming up. And, and I was just telling myself that if I would not have taken up his idea at that stage, we would have never seen this project going forward. So what is your leadership lesson from this? I think being absolutely open to ideas and we are a classic example of this. We've improved our processes with the smallest of the things. So recently we have added a very, you know, our, our capacities is not just increasing, even our recoveries are increasing with very small ideas which popped up in our mind, but we thought it may never work. So importance is when you are actually having a discussion, if you put everything on table, if you put everything on paper and try and work on it, if you have a biased mind towards an idea, then it will never work. So my point is that when you take up an idea, try and look at it, whether it will work or not. And both vitamin E and rosemary, we have found that to be successful. I'm tempted to read this out, which I had read somewhere and noted down specifically to tell you today. Chemistry states that the more energy you put into a bond, the harder it is to break. And I think that is something which you have a knack of doing with your people. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, if you are attracting good people and you spend more time at work than you actually spend at home. That's so right. They are, they're more family to you than what your actual family is. Okay. Highs with them, lows with them. There are bad times. We celebrate birthdays together. So I think over a period of time, the kind of bond you end up making goes long way. So I think it's all byproduct of having good environment at work and having good environment doesn't necessarily mean you're happy. It could be challenging. It could be depressing at times as well. But I think if at the end of it, if every day, if you want to come back to work and you have that feeling of, of coming back to work, I think that solves it. And, and I keep asking anybody and everybody at work, when you wake up, is there a feeling that God, why is there work today? Or is there a feeling that let's go to work today? If there is a feeling that you have to go to work, then you know that you are doing something which is right. And the company is doing something which is right as well. So there is green chemistry at work and there is green chemistry with people too. Absolutely. The growth trajectory which we are on is more to do with the people we work with. And does it work in a similar way with your brother Siddharth also? I hope so as well. So we have very different ways of working, I can tell you that. Sadat works in a very different fashion than what I do. And luckily, neither do I tell him about uh, anything or nor does he tell me how it has to be done. So there is a lot of independence in the way we work. And uh, he has his own success mantra in the way he has tried to chart out his, his path. And we have a very different ways in, in how we have tried to shape up the company. Excellent. What is leadership to you? I think listening is absolutely important. If you're about to listen to people, their ideas, I think there's, there's nothing better. I'm sure at the end of it, people look up to you for anything. If you hit a dead end, I think having a vision in place. So you're on the driver's seat, but you allow everything else to be done by people who are good at their jobs. And we are a product of great ideas from people who are either working at plant scale 
people who have very little education but still trying to do something at the plant scale to PhDs who are working with us. But I think getting their voices heard is absolutely critical. So if that is happening, I think you are heading on the right right direction. And what are some of your favorite books, resources? So I've always been fond of reading autobiographies. So I've never read books which are just material books. I like getting inspired by people. So currently I'm reading Dilip Sangvi's autobiography. I've read Kishore Bihani's autobiography, you know, Jeff Bezos' autobiography, which I really liked. Steve Jobs' autobiography. It gives me a glimpse of their life and it hasn't been hunky-dory for them as well. Okay. And the decisions they had to take, uh, the lows which they had seen, and, and yet the kind of businesses they've created for themselves has really inspired me. When, when I, of course, when I get time, I watching documentaries on people who've done something for themselves. It could be sports, it could be different areas, may not be business always, but also reading about business being created has been something which is always inspiring. Any special nuggets you want to share from any of the autobiographies which always stay with you? I Anything. When I was reading about Jeff Bezos' autobiography, uh, he wrote very rightly that create a very good customer experience. They always had a vision in mind about creating a mammoth organization for themselves. It could be the idea and then you decide on where this idea could reach. When we started Vitamini, I realized for us to take it to 100 crore levels should not be a problem. For somebody it could be 1000 crores, for somebody it could be 10,000 crores or even lower than 100 crores. I think creating an idea and then try to create an experience is, is absolute important. I'm, I'm reading Dilip Sangvi's autobiography. His background is uh, non-technical. His background is more of finance, but he's yet created the largest pharmaceutical company in India with Sun Pharma. And I realized that hiring right people at right places. So somebody rightly said someday to me that you should, when you're hiring a person, always try to hire somebody who is more intelligent than what you are. If you have been able to do that, and if that guy ends up hiring somebody who is more intelligent than what he is, you have created a good organization for yourself. So whenever, when we hire people, even you know, if there is a spark in them, I think that really helps you grow the company. I want to close this conversation today. And before closing, I want to read out something again to you, which Edison said, and that is, I believe that the science of chemistry alone almost proves the existence of an intelligent creator. <laughs> this is for you, Kunal, today, <laughs> and for your entire team. From, from my side and I wish you great success, tons of happiness and tons of creation in life ahead of you. Thank you so much and absolute pleasure, uh, our first podcast and uh, absolutely thrilled. Thank, Thank you, you so much Kunal for Thank giving you. me the opportunity. Thank you so much Rash.